Welcome. It's History Tea Time Live. Today, we've got a few history anniversaries to go through, which has given us lots to talk about. So um, that's going to be uh, what we'll aim for today. Sorry, let me just get this started on Instagram as well. We've got quite a few this week. Um, so let's get going on that. Well, Instagram will have to sort itself out at uh, as it wants to. So this week, Queen Anne becomes the last Stuart monarch. Should she have been? Let's talk about that. Uh, Henry VIII's near miss. So he had a few jousting accidents. We're going to talk about his first one, and this was really close. Um, Rizzio, David Rizzio was murdered in this week in front of a heavily pregnant Mary Queen of Scots. So we're going to talk about that because we've got the anniversary of that. Um, and I, it would be remiss of me to go by a week without talking about the Georgians. I also have some news um, about a visit to Acton Court, which is an incredible place and open very rarely to the public. So, um, so I'm going to be talking a little bit about that and also let you know what is going on in History After Dark later. So let's get uh, let's get started. So welcome. I mean, if you love British history, you are definitely in the right place. I hope you think you are. Ah, oh, Lisa's got her cuppa. Me too. This is Tea Time History Chat. Uh, Brian, yes, I'm doing very well today. Thank you. How is everybody? Where are you uh, watching from? Nordic Queen. Over there, Norway, of course. Nice to see you too. Elisa uh, is in Mexico. Uh, anyone else got snow? Pop in the uh, pop in the chat in an emoji what the weather is like where you are. We have snow. Where are we, March? It shouldn't be a surprise. But some years we get a whole year with no snow. And, uh, and then we get this in March. So um Catherine hi my Wednesday is going very well thank you very much thank you Lisa's in Northamptonshire Georgia is Alabama I saw someone else say Florida um uh, yeah Red Pat Toronto you know snow history dude over in Montreal um yeah too much snow <laughs> snow in Northampton where Lisa is Amarillo Texas Cindy hi 80 degrees in Florida yeah yeah Nordic Queen has some Earl Grey, beautiful. Barbara, oh, they were coming up lovely and fast now. Alf, Alpharetta, is that how you say it? Beautifully spring, oh, beautiful summer, sunny spring day. And it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Barbara. I hope you're having a lovely day. Thank you for joining me for part of it. Um, David, tons of snow in Canada. Yeah, you guys know what to do with snow, don't you? Uh, Kansas, it's raining. Innsbruck in Austria, no snow. We have your snow. We have the snow. Isn't uh, ski season and all that supposed to be starting soon? I don't know if people go to Innsbruck for snowing. Sneak their skiing. Uh, Heidi, hi, watching on YouTube. Ready for some history chat in the Netherlands? Also have a little snow. And Catherine, expecting snow at four at the northwest. I think we're supposed to be... Oh, Cornwall's just a little cold at the moment. Um, M Valley Man, San Francisco just has rain. Yeah, I think I do prefer snow to rain, actually. So, um, and Ginsak is in Kentucky. So apparently we're getting snow, and I think we're supposed to be getting snow into the weekend. So who knows? Um, oh, NVF Salas, Dubai, lots of sun. Ugh. 
I'm jealous of the Floridians and uh, and and you over there in Dubai. I do like the sunshine. I am solar powered, so uh, we're getting a little bit getting a little bit into the long winter now. This is this is where I, I start to need the sunshine. Um, uh, uh, Patrice, is it uh, Claire in Michigan? The snow is now melting. Um, Nordic Queen, my reels are um, your reels are amazing. My favourite show. Thank you so much. Catherine, it started to snow. Well, you'll be okay, I think, for a bit. Doesn't seem to be sticking. Famous last words. Famous last words. Jenna, Rhode Island is rainy and cold. Um, Diane is in snowy Aota, Minnesota. Is that how you say it? Yes, happy happy International Women's Day, everybody. We exist today. We exist every day. It's fine. Um, Brian. You can't make tonight histories after dark. You'll be at dance class. Well, I'll let you know. Or uh, uh, I'll talk a little bit. Or I'll remind you at the end that if you uh, are around tonight, we've got history after dark. And I'll do a reminder at the end um, to join us if you can, if you're not at dance class with Brian, that is. Um, and uh, we're doing a bit of a roundup tonight. So every we're doing a deceased, oh, I might as well tell you now, but I'll remind you at the end as well. We have a deceased gits series over on History After Dark. And um, we are every, every, every four, no, well, yes, every fifth week. So after we've done four candidates for deceased git because they are being scored and they are being put into a league table. Um, the... Um, uh, so yeah, every every fifth week we do a, a summary of the previous four weeks. So tonight we are doing. Let me see if I can remember off the top of my head. Uh, Elizabeth the first. So Elizabeth the first did get onto our git list. Uh, the forty elephants, the Georges, and um, who did we do last week? Oh, Henry the eighth. Of course we did. So. Those are the four we will be talking about tonight and scoring. Audience participation is involved as well. So, you know, we want you to, to come in as well. Um, Regina, good afternoon from Hamburg. Catherine, loving Wednesdays for Had. Had is, had is good. Um, and tonight we have an after show party, tickets for which are sold out, I'm afraid. So we might do it again at some point. Hmm. Debbie said it snowed in New Jersey last night. Beautiful to wake up to, but then it's gone by mid-morning. Oh, well. Oh, well. Joanne, hi. How are you doing? Watching on Facebook. Uh, Hamburg, vagina. Sunny but chilly. Five degrees. See, I can do... I don't mind cold, but I would like a bit of sun. I would like a bit of sun. Um, um, <laughs> Mayfair Forest, which the previous roundup on had was hysterical. I'm hoping for the same. We, I mean... We never know, to be fair, what's going to come out of our mouths. We do prep, but we don't. <laughs> that's 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 about it. Uh, so yeah, who knows, Brian? All women are queens in my eyes. Bless you, good queens, because there's been some rotters. Um, uh, Ginsack, no snow, but fifty-eight mile an hour winds. Lots of power outages in Lou- Louisville. Oh no. Well, I hope you'll stay safe and um, and hope your power doesn't go off. Isn't it bad how really how we are so, we're so reliant on power now for everything, everything. It's not just uh, general 
comfort. Um, you know, if your phone dies while you're out, my phone was nearly dying when I was out yesterday. Um, that's a delivery man. He'll have to just leave it on the doorstep. Uh, and uh, I was getting my car serviced. And so I wasn't going to be able to know when my car was ready if I hadn't had my, if I hadn't been able to charge my phone. It's mad, isn't it? Um, what have we got? Uh, Mayfair Forest, which is still looking for her crown. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Marie, autocorrect won't let her put something rude in the comments. Yeah, you'll have to wait till had. Or maybe send it us as a DM and we can uh, laugh about it heartily. Um, we're not giving up. Oh. Right, so what did I say we were going to cover today? We are going to cover... We've got some history anniversaries, so I thought let's go for let's go for that. Uh, it is today in history that Queen Anne became the final Stuart monarch of Britain, or England, Scotland, and subsequently Britain under her uh, rule, the United Kingdom of Great Britain. And people get really bloody pernickety about um, about how. Uh, accurate that name is well it's on my passport so and it's on the parliament uh, the parliament's website so <laughs> somebody got really shirty with me about a, a video i did and I, I i said it's the united kingdom of uh, of great britain and someone got really funny with it and, oh, goodness sake go and tell you what go and tell the british parliament that they've got it wrong um nordic queen how accurate is the tudor show you mean the um the one with jonathan reese myers and natalie dormer um, I mean, yeah, vaguely, I don't know. I haven't watched it for such a long time that I couldn't tell you particular bits. But um, I mean, they they mix people up, they um, they mix up time scales. Um, they do do some things well, and this is this is an area that uh, people have different opinions on. But Jonathan Rhys Myers, who plays um Henry VIII doesn't look like Henry VIII that's not something that we uh are bothered about is it normally we're not supposed to be um but also he doesn't um he doesn't change um uh, figure you know he doesn't put on any weight as he gets supposedly older Jonathan Rhys Myers this is as he's playing um uh, Henry but I actually think that the way he acts is 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 better than than just dressing somebody up as if they're fatter or older. Um, oh, Melissa says Jonathan refused to wear a fat suit for the later seasons. I think that um, that forced him though. To, so you see, so, you, so you've got to remember Henry starts out as, and we'll talk about him in a minute. Henry, because he, it's actually an anniversary soon of um, one of his uh, jousting accidents. Um, he um he is good looking he's athletic he's charismatic um he's fanciable jonathan reese myers is all these things as well and he but henry the eighth becomes you know i mean you can say there are elements of this already in him but he becomes an out and out sort of tyrant nasty vindictive, uh, moody, violent temper, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And Jonathan Rhys-Myers, yes, refusing to wear the fat suit, 
but becomes unattractive. He becomes repulsive in the same way that Henry must have done. So um, I thought that was genius, actually. I really um, thought they did. I thought that he and they did that, did that really well. Um, yeah, Melissa, they do take a lot of liberties. They do. It's a drama. I mean, I, I, they, they, every, I mean, I don't know about the Tudors specifically, but I know I didn't particularly enjoy, um, oh gosh, what was it called? The Mary Queen of Scots. Or was it just called Mary Queen of Scots? I can't remember. Um, now John, um, uh, John Guy was the, uh, it was based on his book and I think he had something to do with, with it. Um, but it was starting to bug me and it wasn't that there was anything in there that wasn't, didn't have some grain of evidence somewhere, but it was then, it, it was, everything was run with to, I thought to a bit of, to an nth degree. Um, so I didn't particularly enjoy that one, but it's not that things aren't, weren't, they might not be accurate, but then, you know, we, we, as, as, as I sort of always come back to, we are talking about people and things that happened 500 years ago and putting together what happened from really uh, limited resources, evidence, um, you know, what is written down now? What is written down now? Um, about something and we've got all the resources we would somebody writing in 500 years time about events that happened say the pandemic they are going they they're going to be able to take certain bits and put it together and say this is what happened and I would bet that if you could travel in time you wouldn't agree with everything there because we all have a different experience of things that are happening at this time let alone trying to you know, so we were trying to piece together 500 years ago. Do you see what I mean? So I think actually the the idea that that a historical drama or indeed a history book, a non-fiction book, a non-fiction documentary is going to be 100% accurate. Um, it, it's, it's just not. It's not. So let's enjoy it for what it is. Um, uh, Nordic Queen, the Viking show is not accurate, but it fired people. Yeah, exactly. Into... Uh, wanting to know more about the Viking era. I that hundred percent that is where um good drama, enjoyable drama has such a positive influence is getting people uh interested. And yeah, totally, totally agree. So I watched um I, I love um Last Kingdom to learn about just to, you know to prick your interest about the um anglo-saxon england the vikings about um there was another one valhalla is it you know you've just got you've got to watch these things and think oh cool right now i'm going to go out and find some more um it's a massive bugbear of um i suppose i try and ignore it to be fair of of historians or people putting out history content when somebody says no so and so said this you know and it's like quoting um a line that's said in in a drama as if as if it's a recording of them yeah some people take it very seriously and I just think no just take it for what it is um hi Claudia I'm from New York I sent you a portrait of Anne Boleyn and Queen Elizabeth acrylic on canvas oh thank you 
don't know where that is. I'm also reading The Six Wives of Hemorrhoids by Alison Weir. Do I know that book? That's one of the first books I read, actually. I um, So David Starkey's um, book, I'm looking up there because I can't remember the exact title. I actually listened to that on CD in the days before Audible. Um, and that was Six Wives of Henry VIII. That was ever so good, and because it was on, because it was on, it was on the CD, and because I was driving a lot at the time, I listened to it over and over and over again. I I think I could probably lis- listen to it now and come up with the next line, you know, like you can with a song. <laughs> I think I could probably do that. Uh, yes, Alison Weir's book. Um, yeah, they're the ones that they're the ones that got me started. Actually, good morning, Linda. How are you? The beautiful. Um, if you watch it on YouTube, you can see the beautiful. Um, oh. Um, is it embroidery what am I supposed to call it this Tudor rose that's behind me you might be able to just about see it on Instagram if I move my hair no it blurs, blurs it out uh, Linda did that for me and I love it um history biz Bernard Cornwall always does well on research yes and I I must turn to his book so um anyone who doesn't know Bernard uh, Cornwall is a fiction writer but he cross-stitched thank you Linda but he puts um I believe in his books he actually says which where his research um uh you know what, what his sources are but but the actual bits that are real that he he has um you know he's got from fact um melissa says that there was a fantastic traveling exhibition about vikings at the rom i don't know what that is in toronto i think that stemmed from the show it went for my birthday it was fascinating the vikings are fascinating any anyone who was watching last week um the ooh, voice was going then the uh, legend was it last week I did it the legend of the Danes skin was that last week um no 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 it was a it was a few weeks ago 22nd of Feb I think did King John's will and the legend of the Danes skin if you missed that you can go back and back and watch that sometime um I Amy the white queen maybe have made me obsessed with history I love that I and I love the the dramatization of that um Jenna, if Henry had had his his way, he wouldn't he wouldn't have aged either. So in some sense, Jonathan Rees-Mars did play Henry accurately. I like that take on it. That's good. That's great. Um, Nordic Queen does Queen Anne. I don't know what this means. Sorry, have her own tea. Uh, sorry, you'll have to write that one again. I'm not sure what that means. Um, Mayfair Forest, which if any TV show spikes the curiosity in people, inspiring them to reach for actual historical sources, then it's worth it. And artistic liberties they can be uh, they take can be forgiven. I actually think, um, and I don't think this is controversial, but it might be that the 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 higher interest in the Tudors over other periods is because of the amount of dramatization that we've had over the um, decades. You know, and 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 in order to be able to make it pleasing on screen, we know they've changed the outfits, especially headwear. We know they've um, created. I mean, Anne of a Thousand Days. There's that scene uh, where Anne is chastising Henry VIII and telling her that, telling him, excuse me, that uh, that uh, <laughs> gosh, that Elizabeth will is a Tudor. Um, I mean, it's not. You know that that's sort of taking on what we think of the Tudors of this, you know, this massive dynasty. That, that I mean, no more than any than 
unless in fact than the Plantagenets say or um you know they ruled for, for less time clearly very unsuccessful at reproducing as well um and she's telling him that Elizabeth will be queen and she will be the best queen and all this I mean clearly that conversation didn't happen we know the conversation didn't happen anyway because Anne didn't get to see Henry but that is not that that's that's a clear romantic uh, romant, romanticization did I make that word up of uh what we wish would had happened I think um but yeah Linda loved that scene in Anne of a Thousand Days it's incredible and it but it, it it's um I, I do think the Tudors have benefited greatly from being dramatized um Maria did did anyone watch the Tudors for accuracy though they were all hot and mainly Henry Cavill yeah um so I dare say even the biggest stickler for accuracy was not bothered yeah um yeah uh Nordic Queen I love Audible cover so many more books yes uh me too me too what books would I recommend? I have, if you, um, I have started actually a uh, book review on my website. There's only one on there at the moment. There will be more. So you can go to my website, which is BritishHistoryTours.com or any uh, book that I have talked about or would like to recommend. I have all put them all together on Amazon. Now, some people can get them off Amazon. Some people can't, but it means you can go along to that to my amazon shop and at least see the books that i would recommend so that is amazon.co.uk forward slash shop forward slash british history so you can have a look on on there for for i've I've got them in categories and i've got all sorts of books i'd recommend especially if i've talked about them um so here we are thank you so much for these comments they're brilliant um Mayfair Forest, which it was like this for me with Victoria, with Jenna Coleman. It made me want to do a fact check. Yes. And you got into a rabbit hole. And don't you find some of the things that you think can't be the true things end up being the true, end up being the ones based in fact. Max, I, so yeah, Amy, Max Irons as Edward the Fourth. Hmm. Max Irons as Edward the Fourth did a great deal for the attractiveness of Edward the Fourth. Uh, Henry Cavill did an incredible amount for the attractiveness of Charles Brandon. Jonathan Rhys Myers, not as Henry, I don't think, because he didn't look anything like him, and and, he, and, and Henry VIII is such a um, a knowable image. Uh, is there going to be a spin-off of the Viking show? I don't know, but I have been told. I have been told that well, Catherine basically sent me a screenshot that the Last Kingdom has another series coming out. No, I thought that I thought it was done and dusted. I'd grieved it. I'd let it go. I'd let Uhtred, son of Uhtred, go. But no, he's going to be back on the 14th of April. Very, very excited. Uh, good morning, Tiffany, over there in Utah. It's been snowing all week, but I think it is calming down. Well, I I just want it to stay away tonight because we have this, and then later on we have History After Dark, and then we're having a History After Dark after show. So I just need it to stay away for this and then uh and then it can come back after that um we'll get on to some of what we were supposed to be talking about in a minute maybe what about the last show of Catherine of Aragon's oh, travel to London don't know don't think I've seen that um oh it was a park in London where it's supposed to be a rose garden with one of the queen's names 
I don't know. I haven't seen that. I'm afraid Nordic Queen. Um, Anne of a Thousand Days, lots of support in here. Claudia loved it too. It, it, a lot of people got into the Tudors with that film, didn't they? Um, hello, Captain Isa Isa. Welcome. Um, so I'm behind. Um, oh, kind of can one book tours of you? People can book tours with me. Yes, they can. Thank you for asking. Um, and books, yes, you can buy books from Book Depository. So use my Amazon shop. I mean, if you obviously, if you can uh, order them from Amazon, but I think people that aren't UK-based, um, I don't know that Amazon works that way. I don't know. Um, but if you can order them, I get a slight commission. There's no, there's, you know, the book's the same price to you. But please do use it as a resource anyway to go and have a look at what books, um, at what books they uh that I recommend. Oh, Katie, how are you um, over there in Minnesota? How are you doing? Katie's coming back to England soon, as is Linda. Um, so yes, you can book tours of me because indeed Linda and Katie are ha, did last year and are coming back this year. Um, I have two tours still on sale for this year, The Private Life of Anne Boleyn, which I may as well tell you a little bit about now. Uh, there's been a change in the itinerary for a very, very good reason. Um, we are now going to Acton Court, which is one of the stops that was on the 1535 Summer Progress of Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn. We are... Um, uh, um, oh, Melissa, she's coming on tour too. Hello. Um, yeah, so the uh, we're using the Summer Progress as a backdrop 1535 excuse me as a backdrop to look at Anne Boleyn from a different angle you know really getting into who she was as a person oh Linda says tour with Philippa if you possibly can thank you um and Acton Court is open very rarely actually they're opening for a total of three weeks and I don't think it's every day even for the three weeks that they're open um that's for the entire year so now the building that um, it, it was owned by um, oh gosh I've lost I've, I've forgotten the name but of a uh, of a courtier who was just hoping just in anticipation that Henry and Anne might uh, visit um, they uh, built an entire wing. Now what's exciting about it is um, is you, you have this you know you hear of the series of rooms um, of the privy chambers going going increasingly private and so you have actually Henry VIII's bedchamber still there with his privy with his toilet um still there um and then the um the presence chamber have I got this right around and the watching chamber either way the the they that you get from the most private and then to the public room we're actually going from the, the most public room of course and you can follow through the series of rooms not only that there is original wall paintings um still there from when henry and anne were decorated for henry and anne so for them and they would have seen them so i have um i've put that yeah katie's katie's on this tour 
Katie's on this tour. So we, I've put that in the itinerary. I've swapped out Thornbury Castle for Acton Court because I'm so excited to be able to fit it in um, and take people there because it is so rarely open to the public. Um, so that's one tour. The bookings for that tour close on the 31st of March. Um, and I also have September, which is where Linda, the tour Linda's coming on, is the Elizabeth I and Mary Queen of Scots tour. That is open for bookings. And also the Anne Boleyn tour, which is our May Anne Boleyn tour, which includes a uh, visit to the Tower of London on the 19th of May, the anniversary of Anne's execution. That is almost full. I have three rooms left for next year. It's fully booked this year. Next year, 2024, is almost booked out. So if you if you think you might want to do that, then please have a look on my website, um, www.britishhistorytours.com com and you will find all the details there so thank you for that question um oh debbie how i wish i could i would be able to come to the uk and join you um yeah melissa is on this on the, that tour this year she is indeed you are indeed yes yeah, so, and it, so if people are interested honestly don't wait till may watching this this may's tour go because it would have it would have sold out for next year by then um what else what else have we got sorry i'm probably missing a few comments um uh, jenna says is it damien lewis who played henry the eighth in wolf hall yeah i think it was wasn't it wasn't it um he looks the most like henry out of all of them vikings has a finale movie coming out colleen says oh oh Never, never apologise for not getting your comments quite correctly in the text. It's, gosh, you want to see what I write half the time. Um, what else have we got? What about the prayer book that's been found? Oh, the one of Anne Boleyn and Catherine of Aragon. Okay, so I spoke about this a few weeks ago. Those of you, so Melissa um, is with me in May when we go to Hever Castle. The so these are the books of ours. So these are the prayer books of um, of Anne Boleyn, which is always at Hever Castle. There's two actually. She's got there's a um, a handwritten scribed uh, book of ours, and there's one that was um, uh, printed. Um, and that one there is because it's a printed. So basically, they printed these books. If you want to know loads of information about these books, watch my interview with Kate McCaffrey because she goes into um the actual detail of these printed books so they sound printed it's not like we have a printed book and we have exactly the same book the basis of the book is printed but the decoration of the book is personalized and stylized so so Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn had ostensibly the same book but they are decorated differently one so so Anne Boleyn's book is always at Hever Castle the other book is at I've forgotten again you tell is it the Metropolitan in New York no it's not Jenna I know you know you've told me already once before um Melissa printed by hand yes well so it would have been a printed press but it's not scribed yeah um Joanne was on the she, she was on the 2022 progress where we 
tour sorry where we followed the 1535 progress and it was amazing thank you joanne well of course we had the queen's uh, funeral coincide didn't we um with it so uh so this time when we do it we have got gloucester cathedral in which of course we couldn't do when the queen um died and an Acton court added as well this is by the way the private life of Anne Boleyn tour isn't being repeated so that's another reason to get on to it if you're interested um now those prayer books sorry back to those prayer books yes in New York Melissa but I can't remember the name of the um Jenna's probably told me down in the comments sorry there's so many comments I'm missing the Morgan library thank you Jenna um so they uh so yes so so the Catherine of Aragon book is usually in the Morgan Morgan Library in New York. It's been lent to Hever for their exhibition this year on Catherine and Anne. But Catherine's book is only in the exhibition until June. Um, I'm not sure if it's start June or the end of June, but it's not there for the entirety of the exhibition. There will be another book, another version of this same book, the book printed at the same time in the same place. Um, but it's uh, it's a secret at the moment as to as to who owned that book. So I'm actually really excited about seeing that one as well. If you are on tour with me in May, you will get to see both of those books, and they're um, they're they're not in the same cabinet, but they're not far away from each other, and they're always open to the same page, so that you can see the difference um, in the decoration and the stylization. So, um, yeah, so so very lucky if you're coming in May. Fortunate, should I say. Lucky sounds, I don't know, dismissive. But, um, and, but uh, I mean, the exhibition will be well worth going to. Do you know, the, there's another, going off on a tangent, but the other thing in that exhibition is a previously undisplayed, is that the right word? Um, portrait of Catherine of Aragon, posthumously uh, painted, but never seen before and the provenance of it isn't known um so and the origin of it isn't known so that's really exciting because they're doing more research into it linda says i just heard that the sequel series to wolf hall is being made with mark rylance as thomas cromwell again oh he was good he's actually a stage actor isn't he isn't he usually um i know he was on at the globe i was running a tour a few years ago and People, uh, there's a couple on my tour. We finished in London, and they managed to get tickets for the night after we finished. I think it was with Mark Rylance in a play at the Globe. How amazing would that be, Joanne? Yes, really miss Gloucester Cathedral on the tour, but you did a great job shuffling around visits due to mourning and funeral for the Queen. Thank you, Joanne. Yes, yes, we got some other stuff in in instead, but yeah, so. What else have we got? The necklace of Henry VIII. Symbols are so nice. Yes, I did. Um, so if you look back on, when did I do that? The 25th of January. I covered that, actually. Nordic Queen, I would love to have you on a tour. I really would. Um, Katie, did I hear that they're going to have replica coronation robes at the exhibition too? So this is the Heaver exhibition. They have, one step better than that, they have Kate Blanchett's costume from when she was um played Elizabeth I and they are on display so yes the the robes the crown the scepter the orb now um because the exhibition talks about Catherine of uh, Catherine and Anne Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn 
it goes on to talk about Elizabeth and um, Mary, their daughters. So it's about what what I wouldn't say the two women were bound, but it's it's more about what their similarities were as opposed to always looking at them as a, uh, as people who were log- at loggerheads with each other. Um, and one of the, one of the interesting things that may not be as well known is that the coronation robes that Elizabeth wore the gold you, you'll recognize it if you can't bring it to to mind already but the gold that she um uh, uh wore that gold dress was worn by mary the first obviously before elizabeth so um yeah so let me just put that up so that's yeah that is there that is there um so let's keep going with the comments thank you everybody so much um commenting um i wonder uh, claudia i wonder what henry would think of his decisions if he could speak now mm. uh um sorry let me see oh i don't know how to pronounce your name myth and ma- magic myth and magic i used to work at heaver castle it is magical 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 um, yeah, so I would recommend if you are interested in learning more about the prayer books, Katie, maybe because you're coming. Um, 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 also, no, no, Katie, you won't see them, will you? Because it's the wrong wrong time of year. Melissa, though, you will see it. Um, Catherine's, that is. But have a look at the interview I did with Kate McCaffrey because there's loads of information in that interview. She's great as well. She's great. And she's doing a talk for us on it, the Private Life of Anne Boleyn tour. Kate McCaffrey is coming to speak to us on that tour about the prayer books. Um, Melissa saw, yes, pictures on, yeah, on Heber Castle's Instagram. They're really good at um, at doing that. Nordic Queen, yes, both of the books will be there in May when I do this this year's The Anne Boleyn Tour. Um, oh, Jenna says that Catherine of, Ar- Catherine of Aragon's book of ours isn't actually on display at the Morgan at least when she went to the Morgan um, in April last year, it's not on display. How can you have it and not put it on display? Hello, Max. How are you? Sorry, I'm a little bit behind on my comments. Um, Nordic Queen, I'll ask too many questions. So when when we're on tour, by the way, we always have a tour historian as well. So it's me, the entire, I'm, I'm there as tour manager, so I'm there all the time. And... Gareth Russell is my tour uh, historian and we can and do talk um, uh, talk history all the time. So you are more than welcome to come and ask loads of questions. No problem. Were Kate Blanchett's costumes accurate? I think the coronation one is supposed to be accurate, yeah. Uh, Nordic Queen, does Bloody Mary have an unfair reputation? Short answer, Yes, but only by way of um, comparison to other people who were worse behaved. So not not um, absolved of what she did. Um, Caroline, did you read how King Charles's anointing oil would be different in terms of ingredients? Oh, I didn't see the bit about the ingredients, no. I saw that it was being blessed, which is quite exciting, isn't it? So it's a bit of an insight into um, into uh, what would have happened. This the blessing of the 
the coronation oil. It's amazing. Um, I don't know if I um, said welcome to the people who are on the catch-up, but anyway, just thinking that. Thank you for everyone joining me live. And, um, yeah, if you're in the catch-up crew, then welcome. I also put this on the podcast as well, so you can, if you do miss a live one week, you can catch it. If you're on the live there, remember, you can support me with badges on Instagram, super chats on YouTube and stars on Facebook, or you can go to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Philippa if you want to help me out. Or the ultimate, and I because I can give you back, is if you want to join my Patreon, which many of you in here today I know are patrons. That's at patreon.com forward slash British history. It's five pounds a month and it means I can give you back stuff because we have a blog a month. We have historian interviews, which do go live on YouTube as well. But the difference is you can ask um, you can ask your own questions of historians. So, for instance, I am about to interview, uh, in fact, this time next week or the Wednesday next week. Morning, Brianna. How are you doing? Um, I will be interviewing Professor James Clark, who you may or may not have heard about. I, I've, I've mentioned him a couple of times over the last few weeks. He's written a book called The Dissolution of the Monasteries and New Hist- a New History. Thank you, Colleen, for the badge. Thank you so much. Very much appreciated. Um, and the book, to fair, um, and Maria knows this, is like this. It's this thick. So I listen to it on Audible because you know what I'm like. If I see a book that thick, it's mm, I might not pick it up, but it is so good. And the reason it is so good is because if you think about the dissolution of the monasteries, would you expect for a start a book that thick? Or do you think, no, we know what we know what happened. It's sort of a, a summary. Katie, have a great day at work. You know, it's a great, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that's that's parked onto Henry VIII's story or Thomas Cromwell's story um, or the Reformation story. And there is so much more to it, so much more to it. So I will be interviewing James Clark about his book. I mean, about some of the bits in his book, but I would thoroughly recommend the book. Now, as a patron, people have been able, members of my Patreon have been able to ask their own questions so you're able to submit your own question if you're a patreon of mine and that means that the um that we basically do a a full-length interview and then i do an extra bit which is all the questions that the patrons have asked that is a extended interview that only patrons get to see and they also get to see it all ad free so that's just one of the benefits um another one is 10 percent off any tickets for events not tours but events and the next event coming up is the Georgian uh, online history festival which I mentioned last week now that's coming up on the 24th of March we have talks on the 24th the 25th and the 26th my idea of the online history festival was I was sat at um well I was actually sat in a talk by Joanne Paul if if you've seen Joanne Paul talk she's just written a book called the house of Dudley and I was sat there thinking, how lucky, because, of course, being the pandemic the last few years, we've not been able to do in-person talks. And I thought, this is amazing. I'm so glad to be back. And then I started thinking, I'm able to because I live nearby to these places and I can travel not too far and get access to these historians. What about people who can't? And so I wanted to do um, basically what I was seeing, but online for people. So we did the Stuarts Online History Festival in the autumn. 
that went really, really well. So we jumped straight back on and we're doing the Georgians this time. So from the 24th till the 26th of March, we have talks going live every day. Um, but if you can't make the actual dates, they're actually available till the 31st of May. So there's no problem with there with that. And if you're a Patreon, Patriot, Patreon, do I call you a patron or a Patreon? A patron on Patreon, you get 10% off those ticket prices as well. Um, so, um, so you can, uh, you can, you can join. Um, we go, we've got Tracy Borman speaking about Henrietta Howard. Now she came up on History After Dark, um, a couple of weeks ago because she is, uh, Henrietta Howard was the mistress of George II. And it's a really bizarre, um, relationship, but she's also got an incredibly interesting life, um, living the eclectic eclectic life you're late that's fine it's fine do you know i haven't even started talking about what i was going to talk about today yet so whether we get there or not (laughs) i don't know yeah henrietta howard oh linda says the stewart series was fabulous thank you thank you yeah i'm really proud of it and if you didn't if you didn't um see the stewart online history festival you can buy its bolt on to the georgian one um Nordic Queen, the Norwegian royal family is close to the British. I, do you know, I don't know the actual link, links, but um, that doesn't surprise me. Um, that by I can see some people having to leave. That's fine. <laughs> Have a great day. Have a great day. Um, uh, what was I saying? What was I saying? So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, Henrietta Howard. Now, she built a house Marble Hill, which is near to Strawberry Hill. And I'm hoping to go and see that soon. But Tracy Borman has done an entire talk on Henrietta Howard. That is for the Georgian Online History Festival. Gareth Russell has uh, done a talk um, about the aristocrats of abolitionists um, and uh, of of, of, um, Georgian Ireland. That's really interesting. Um, Antonio Keeney is talking about the saints and sinners, the real sort of, the real sort of Bridgerton style of Blenheim Palace. That's really fun. Uh, Katrina Marchant uh, from Reading the Past on YouTube and obviously anyone who watches History After Dark will know her, has done one on bare knuckle boxing because that is actually another one of Kat's interests, which is fabulous. <laughs> um, and who else have we got? Um, Anne Stott has done a talk on Princess Charlotte and any of you who've been watching me for a while will know Princess Charlotte is someone... Oh, we've talked about her on History After Dark as well, I think. Um, she, her death, Princess Charlotte died at the age of 21 in childbirth, or just after childbirth, and her son died as well. Um, he was he was stillborn. And so with that, the... So George III was still on the throne. Charlotte was the daughter of the prince... Uh, Prince George, who would become Prince Regent, who would become George IV. So she was supposed to be the next in line. And of course, her baby son would have been the the, the next next in line. Um, so with her death and the death of the baby, you wiped out all legitimate, um, all, all the legitimate descendants um, on that generation, of that generation of George III's. So that's when you had this bizarre farcical really um run for getting married and having children that you saw with the the sons of George the 3rd 
Um, and that is what led to Edward Duke of Kent um, marrying and, uh, and his daughter, Victoria, was born, who would become Queen Victoria. So without Princess Charlotte's death, we wouldn't have had Queen Victoria. I'll leave it to you to decide whether that would have been a good thing or not. Princess Charlotte, though, was absolutely loved, loved, loved. Um, in fact, Anne talks about her being, you know, that she's the first people's princess, like Diana, Princess of Wales, was known. Um, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so we have Tracy Borman speaking, Gareth Russell, Katrina Marchant, Antonia Keeney, Anne Stott, and Illyrie Lynn, who is talking about Georgian fashion, dressing the Georgians. Um, yes, we have Illyrie too. We do, we do, we do. Great. At least we should. <laughs> so and yeah so if you want your um if you want to get a ticket for that i will i will post a link um under the anything i talk about on here i will post a link in the show notes afterwards but you can go to the georgians 2023.eventbrite.co.uk to get your ticket like i say if you're a patron you get 10 percent off your ticket and you can join my patreon at patreon.co nope patreon.com forward slash British history and that gives you 10% off anyway so there's that there's that there were there were a couple of things I was going to uh, to to talk about today so that's done um of course we get the Hanoverians because the last Stuart monarch which is so we'll get back to what I was going to talk about today the last Stuart monarch is Queen Anne she came to the throne today actually the anniversary is today uh in 1702 and that's because her brother-in-law uh William III died. William III had been joint uh, monarch with Anne's elder sister Mary. She was Mary II um and so William III. So they came over from the Netherlands as joint monarchs invited by parliament to take the throne from her expelled Mary and Anne's expelled father James II because he had dared become a Catholic um so so actually James II um when when his daughter take took over the throne he was in he was in exile and the 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 catalyst for this exile had been that he had married um a uh a, a a Catholic lady called Mary of Medina and or Modena, um, I don't know how you pronounce it, and they had a son. So there you had a male heir to the throne who was going to be brought up in the Roman Catholic faith. So this is what precipitated this um, ousting of James II. Um, when, by the time um, William III dies, so Mary II's, uh, Mary II had died of smallpox, so she she died prior to, to William III. When William III dies, you have people proclaiming James, the son of James II, you have them proclaiming him James III. Um and um but th- so this is this is this is the um scenario, this is the, the the circumstance in which Queen Anne becomes queen. Now what I thought you might like is the links that Queen Anne makes herself to Queen Elizabeth the first. Well, she was just Queen Elizabeth at that point because we hadn't had a second one. Um, so when Queen Anne comes to the throne, like I say, 8th of March, 1702, um, 
she adopts the motto semper idem which means always the same that is the same um uh that is the same motto that elizabeth the first had adopted she was trying purposely to sort of evoke memories of you know much admired um in history queen um so yeah she she did she liked to draw parallels between herself and elizabeth the first um but like i say she she's 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 the last stuart monarch because when she dies there is no um there's no direct well she has no heirs there's no direct catholic uh, sorry excuse me there's no direct protestant heir to the throne um and i think i mentioned on history after dark when we talked about this there's supposedly these 50 people that are looked over um in order to find the closest relative of um of anne who follow the protestant faith and i'm not sure who these 50 are and i would have to go through all of the family trees to find out but um it also could be a little bit of propaganda to make it sound like the Hanoverians were so far away from the throne that they had no legitimacy um, being there. Um, either way, though, the, when Anne dies, that is when the Hanoverians, what we now look at as the Georgians. Um, but of course, they wouldn't have known that we were going to get George, 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 because there were other people in there. There's a Frederick, at least, and um but that, that died before they they got to the throne. But anyway, we can look back and we know we went George, 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 so we can call it the Georgians. Um, so, yeah, so, um, but Anne, so she, it's under Anne, like I said earlier, that we get the unification of Scotland and, um, the, and, and England and Wales that were already united. Controversial. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, but yeah, she, she's tra- she's tragic, really, in that she um, she she had she's known for having a lot of pregnancies, seventeen pregnancies, I think it is, and no surviving children. Her eldest um, uh, died uh, died at the age of eleven, which is just incredibly hard to even imagine. Um, but she she was she was poorly educated. The, the Tudors educated their girls. So to never think of, um, never think of history as a progression, never think of humans as constantly getting better and better. This is something the Victorians made up, um, possibly maybe someone else as well in history. But this is this is this idea of constant um, improvement and um, yeah, that it, it because what that does is make things right. Well, if this is the case now, then it's got to have always been worse as you go backwards. Not the case. Let's have a look. So this particular example, the Tudor queens, Mary, Elizabeth, as women, were still very, very, very highly educated. Um, yes, see, Maria, see, it had. And uh, but Anne had not been. So Anne did her best. She did her absolute best at trying to um, to help govern. She is she's the, the monarch who probably holds the record for being at the most um um parliament uh, you know council meetings because she really was trying hard so um so she does become the last Stuart monarch however there is um there is you know still these this this Stuart line legitimate but of the in quotes wrong religion on the continent um and uh, you know, why why there was such a fear of catholicism um 
I've never heard it clearly and accurately explained, but I think it's a lot to do with giving over of um, some sovereignty to a foreign power, i.e. the Pope in Rome. Uh, once that had gone under Henry VIII, he had obviously split from Rome. The idea of giving back any kind of power to a foreign um, person, place, just wasn't entity, just wasn't going to be um, wasn't going to be uh, entertained. Um, yeah, me right now replacing a polyester lining of a coat with a linen lining. Nice for a client. Oh, you could do clothing. Everything that is new is better. Pfft, think again, Victorians. Indeedy. Yeah, we think we're so modern being better. Well, this idea of progress, progressiveness and progress always being for the better. I think that's always told to you by people who want you to want the next thing. People who are creating technology, people who are creating new things. Um, it's just something to be. I don't know. I, just, I find it fascinating because we clearly all keep going what we want to say uh, as forward, but there's plenty we can learn from the past. And I, I, didn't, I don't understand the not wanting to go backwards thing. Like as if backwards is so terrible when it's just, um, it's just, why, 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 why can't we learn from the past? I don't know. So we are beginning to run out of time. So I haven't done the Rizzio murder and I haven't done Henry VIII's jousting accident. So I'll do Henry VIII's jousting accident, but um, Mary, uh, sorry, Rizzio's murder. So David Rizzio was murdered um, this week. And maybe I can quickly do them. Shall I try and do quickly do the two? Um, let me just see. Caroline, was not the high education of Mary and Elizabeth due to Catherine of Aragon's influence at the time in Spain? Weren't women allowed to purchase land on their own? I don't think they were allowed to purchase land on their own, but the... Um, but no, there, there were lots of, of um, um, girls who were being highly educated at that time. Um, it wasn't it wasn't unusual. Obviously, the higher up the, the status hierarchy were, probably the better the education. But that's the more time you can dedicate to it, the more resource you can dedicate. Right. So let's quickly do this quickly. I hate doing it quickly, but I have got videos on both of these that I recorded a little while ago. Um, which you can do. Heidi is packing for a long weekend in Mosul. Have a brilliant time. We'll have a good week and I will be back here at the same time next week. If uh, So if you're around, Heidi. <laughs> um, yeah, so David Rizzio was the private secretary of Mary, Queen of Scots, and he was murdered in front of her. Mary was already heavily pregnant at this point with um, her second husband's child, um, uh, Henry Lord Darnley. Um, was her husband he was he was not a nice man that's putting it mildly he was he was promiscuous he was a drunk he was violent he was jealous he wanted to be made king when Mary when he married Mary she wouldn't allow that she seemed to have had um um it's one of those marry in haste and repent in leisure I think uh, uh examples I think he probably turned on the charm. This might be something in that film, actually, that probably does portray this quite well. The film I was saying I didn't really like, but that he um, he put on the charm and when once they were married, though, he wanted to be king. Um, and Mary wasn't going to allow this. She must have clocked on that he wasn't the most suitable candidate. Um, and he had he was he had something to do with, although not 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 probably 
all behind the um, the murder of David Rizzio. Um, the the Mary um, had already. Uh, I'm cutting a very long story short here, but it, but hopefully this will do the same as historical drama and prick your interest to go and look up some more facts. Um, she had um, been overseeing really the targeting of some of the Protestant um, uh, lords. And in Scotland at the time, Scotland had gone through um, a reformation earlier, actually, than England. They were becoming of the, the reformed religion. Mary comes back as a full-blown Catholic. Um, she's 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 not being tainted by or tainted. That's not that's not the right word. She's not been influenced at all by the Reformation. And so so you've got this straight away this um, this problem, um, and um, plot against Mary. There's all sorts. So um, you've got um, the, the, this 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 problem with religion, this problem with a queen has come back. They've been fine. Thank you. We were all right on our own while you've been absent. Um, she's a woman, but I think that's actually secondary. I don't like to always come back to, oh, she's a woman. So they're dismissed. And no, I think there's other bigger reasons. If she'd have been aligned to them politically aligned to them um, in terms of religion, I don't think we would have seen the same sorts of problems. Um, but but she was at loggerheads and there were going to be arrests and I think there'd been the arrests and there was going to be the trial of some Protestant lords. Now, um, yes, Nordic Queen, we could do this all day, you're right. <laughs> There's so much history. Um so um so you've got to so this is this is happening all around the same time as Mary is sat with her private secretary, David Rizzio, who had come to court as a musician. Now, you don't go from being a musician to being the private secretary and ear of the queen without making enemies. And the, the these lords and um, whether there was anything in it, you know, persuaded Darnley that that Rizzio had too much influence and, and he got jealous. He's, he was a jealous sort of person anyway. Um, and uh, so Mary is having supper in the Palace of Holyrood house. Now you can go to the room where she was having supper, which is off her bedchamber, which is also still there and visitable. Um, or it was at least when I went a few years ago. And um, um, so they're there. It's it's, um, it's Saturday, the 9th of March, 1566. And it's late. And it's the account actually is of a large group, including Lord Darnley, bursting up through the private stairs which had led to to Darnley's apartments were underneath and the private stairs these men rush up 80 of them I mean this was this was a show of force against the queen this was showing the queen what um what they could do how little power she actually had if she didn't do their bidding or if she tried to go against their bidding obviously having a few of them arrested and put on trial, uh, due to be put on trial, was 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 her trying to show, or was was her? I don't exp- um, uh, expressing her authority, and this was a show of no, you're not going to. Rizzio, possibly just the, um, just a, a an innocent victim of this this show of um, power that the that these um, eighty lords and and councillors um made. Rizzio is try is told he's got he's got to leave. He 
is immediately frightened. He 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 tries to hide behind Mary. He's forcibly dragged away from Mary, and he is um, and he is stabbed to death. Possibly they started stabbing him before he had actually managed to let, or before he had been made to let go of Mary. Horrendous, horrific, absolutely horrific. And um, his body is dumped with one dagger left in it, Darnley's dagger. Now, that was just to make sure that Darnley couldn't get out, that, so this is the Queen's husband, couldn't get out of, um, of, 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 of claiming any involvement in it. Um, so, yes, so it's a pretty um, sad story and it's the anniversary of that this week or tomorrow. So, yes, the 9th of March, 1566. So should I do one last quick one with you? We have run over, but I can I can do the last story that I was going to do with you. Like I say, if you want to know more about that, there's John Guy's brilliant book about Mary Queen of Scots. Um, I've done a quick video on it, but it's quick. It's pretty much just what I just said. Um, uh, but there's lots of articles and things you can find. So let's do the last one before I wrap up. And I will see you all later on if you're here for History After Dark. It's Henry VIII's jousting accident, not the 1536 one, which you may have heard about, the one where he's unconscious, not that one. This one, though, this one, he really, this could have been the end of Henry. Absolutely could have been. Um, Maria, where were the Queen's guards before, uh, while he was being stabbed? I imagine with 80 men, uh, um, coming in some I don't know some are probably insiders some would have been they either would have run or been overpowered anyway with that many people I would imagine that's my guess um right let's talk about Henry VIII's jousting accident so 10th of March it's 1524 so Henry is um 33 and he he has decided that we're going to put, uh, he's going to put a, um, uh, a a joust on to show off his new armour that he's designed. <laughs> so Henry has his own armour and he's going to show it off. So so let's have a joust. So they, so they have a joust. Now Henry, so Henry at this point is his young athletic uh, self, like we were talking about before. And um, and he is he is participating in the list against his um, his brother-in-law, actually best friend Charles Brandon, who, as we've already mentioned, the best thing to happen to Charles Brandon was Henry Cavill. Um, now the the convention, as I understand it, is the uh, the jouster, the participant, is on his horse and he has to have the visor. Once the visor is down on the jousting helmet, they can't see and they can't hear very well. How they actually did this, I've no idea. Um, but they, uh, yeah, they, they so, so the, the helmet gets, um, it, the visor is up, they get on the horse, the visor is put down. At that point, they are handed the lance at that point, when so at the other end, you have another jouster. So at one end, you've got Henry VIII in this instance, and the other end, you have Charles Brandon, Duke of Suffolk. When the lance is given, the 
the person um i think at this point it was the lord um marcus of dorset um i'm not sure which one was serving which one the earl of surrey was serving the other one the they would have seen the lance be given to the other person then that is the that is the point where they know the other person is ready to to go now on this particular occasion for some reason henry viii's visor was left up and um and but he was given his lance so there is actually a i keep looking down because there is an account um written down by edward hall who is a chronicler um of of what happened um now it goes on about uh the the duke of suffolk um you know saying that you know he doesn't he doesn't see he doesn't see the king i don't, I don't know how much this is is made up after the fact um because she says i see him not on my faith and my headpiece takes from me my sight now that's what you're going to say after the fact when 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 what happens next happens uh, but the, ha- the the king has been given his lance or spear as it's called here but this this lance um and that is the point so the duke of suffolk is told the king is cut again the king is about to start so that's what he needs he needs to do as well so they charge forward the duke of suffolk his he's all fully armored his visors down um and um and starts off now <laughs> jousting if you've ever seen it in real life um uh, just the power the speed that these horses go at the size of the lances um it's really quite an incredible spectacle and i have a little video again on youtube about this um thank you katie for the badge thank you everyone on instagram by the way and uh, who supports me with badges and thank you everyone on facebook with stars and youtube with super chats and all of you who are patrons it, it honestly it helps massively because um there's a lot of time travel equipment etc that goes into into doing all of this sort of work so all your support is hugely um it's just it's 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 fantastic thank you very much it's hugely welcome and um and required actually um to be fair so um uh yeah so they run at they run at the list they run at the so they, they start off on their horses people are shouting um what do they say they're shouting hold hold because they can see that the that the the king's face is what they call naked it's it, it the visor is up his face is exposed and but Brandon's Brandon's just he's going for it because he can't see, he can't hear, uh, he can just focus on what he is doing. And so the they start off and, and they're going towards each other, and the lance of Charles Brandon actually makes contact with the king. It makes contact with the king on the understand um, on the underside of this is how I understand it from the description of his um helmet. Thank you, living an eclectic life, eclectic life for my badges. Thank you so much. Um, so the visor is up and it's caught on the hinges and it splinters. Now, I was, I was going to look up um, just to make sure I had the right um, person before I came on, but I didn't have time. This, this type of accident happens at the French court. Catherine de Medici's uh, husband, Henry II, has a similar accident. And the the the, um, the shards of 
the lance because again if you watch my other video on, on youtube i managed to capture a lance splitting um so you have massive splinters and and Hen in henry the, i'm saying henry the second i hope i've got that right um but catherine de medici's husband the the, the, the splinters go into his eye and um somehow when Henry VIII has this accident, none of the shards go into his um, his eye or his face. I mean, he's, he is bleeding. He's bleeding and he's knocked from his horse. But he is otherwise, and I'm going to say this cautiously, otherwise uninjured. Duke of Suffolk, Earl, uh, Charles Brandon, for his part, runs over and, and vows never to run against the king in a joust again. At this point, you have to remember, Henry has no heir. He's 33. So Catherine, his wife, would have been older than that. I'm not quite sure how many years older. I think she's six years older than him, something like that. So she's getting to her late 30s. They still have no male heir. And the king very, very nearly died. So Charles Brandon is like, no, I am not... I'm not running in the lists against against the king again. Uh, the king, for his part, says he doesn't blame anybody. She's amazing, isn't it? You think Henry VIII would be blaming everybody else? Apparently, he blames nobody, and he decides to run six more jousts. He does six, he jousts six more times that day to to prove he's he's okay, he's fine. Um, now. I would imagine any of you who've had a whiplash injury, I mean, he, so you just go imagine, I mean, I've got a massive problem with my neck from a whiplash injury that happened 20, uh, yeah, Jesus, 22 years ago. Um, now, people talk about head injury. I think there's there could have been potentially a lot more going on um, with Henry. His His head is going to have been cracked back as far as it will go in the armour. Um, He's had, he's been hit on the head. He's fallen off his horse. Um, and um, it could have been, it could have been not just serious. It could have been, it could have been the death of, of the king. And where would the Tudors have been at that point? That would, that's an interesting scenario to contemplate if Henry had indeed died at the joust in March 1525. So in 24, excuse me, in 1524. So, um, and that, so that's, that's an anniversary that happened this week as well. I thought you might like that one. It's interesting to think though. So if Henry, if Henry had gone then, I'm not sure when the Duke of, uh, Duke of Buckingham had long gone by then. Um, yeah. Where would, where, what would have happened? So everybody, <clears throat> um, I will leave you there for now. For now, we are back, or I am back uh, on my own this time next week, or one o'clock next week for History Chat, uh, for Tea Time History Chat. I'm back tonight for History After Dark with the girls, Katrina Marchant and Catherine Brooks. We're doing a roundup of deceased gits. Um, so we're back at 8.15 tonight. Uh, thank you, Colleen. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for going long, Colleen says. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, if you have enjoyed this uh, episode and you're not already subscribed um, to me on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook, then please do. Um, please do. And 
do things like get the notifications and all that kind of thing because that is that is um that is really useful and it shows the algorithm that you like what you're hearing and it shows it to other people and then hopefully we can get more people involved as well so that would be awesome um i will add some links in the show notes to some of the things i've spoken about today um but for now i will leave you to your day hopefully i'll see you tonight on history after dark and uh, take care everybody right see you soon bye bye